You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my awesome friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 154 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoinberg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we're kinky perverts, too, that happen to be married to each other. I love this week's guest, Rosalind Montoya. Rose is a Latinx, bisexual, non-binary, transgender woman. Rose uses she, her, and they, them pronouns. She works as a model, makeup artist, and content creator. Her goal is to spread love and education about her community as she shares her story. So we spend some time in this conversation getting to know Rose. She starts off telling us about her journey as the child of a pastor growing up in a small town who happened to be queer and transgender and dealing with all of those things. And one of their lifelines was seeing other people who were going through similar journeys sharing on social media. In 2020, like many of us, Rose fell into a TikTok hole, and she started sharing her own journey to help other trans and queer youth. Things were going great. Her audience grew by leaps and bounds, but then the transphobic hate started. Rose was harassed and attacked relentlessly by a small group of people online. And this exposed a huge flaw in social media platforms, namely TikTok, but this happens in lots of other places too. Marginalized voices being silenced at the hands of a small group of intolerant bullies. Rose now works with other marginalized creators like LGBTQ plus educators, people who talk about race and politics, BIPOC people, doctors, activists, scientists, and a lot more. What Rose has uncovered is mind blowing. And I can't wait for you all to hear our conversation. But before we roll that, you know what we got to do. It's time to wash the balls, which is what we call housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast. So I got just a couple of really quick things. One, if you missed my erotic humiliation class last week, you should be real damn sad because it actually sold out. Yeah, Zoom is not an unlimited platform, but guess what? If you did miss it, you really don't have to be sad because the demand was so high that we recorded the class and the recording is now available for you. So if you go to gum.co, that's gum.co slash humiliation class. And by the way, we'll have the link to this class and pretty much everything we talk about on this episode in the show notes for episode 154 at americansexpodcast.com. So you don't have to be sad if you're like, I couldn't write that down fast enough. Don't worry, I got you. Uh, And you don't have to be sad at all because you can have access to the class at the snap of a finger. Last thing is Midori, Caroline Carrington and I are doing another interactive hangout for all of our patrons. I hope you're at the last one. If you weren't, you missed a fun time. So fun. 
This time, mark your calendars for Sunday, March 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So I'll tell you how it works. So we all go on this platform. It's called Icebreaker. It's very similar to Zoom, but it's really cool. And it's really easy to access, so no stress. We hang out for a little bit, have some fun. And then about every 10 minutes or so, we start games that match you either one-on-one or in a small group video chat with randomly picked people from the gathering for a couple of minutes. And each round comes with a different set of conversation prompts, many of which are straight out of Midori's amazing brain. So you know, they're good, you know, questions like Marvel or DC, or if you had a box of toothpicks, what would you do with it? You know, the best advice you would give to your future self, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is not speed dating. It's more like speed friending, just like getting out and talking to new people, sort of kind of like a munch, kind of, but with a very mixed audience. Some of us are vanilla. Some of us are kinky. We're, we're all across the board. Now, this event is open to all three of our Patreon membership groups and also the alumni of Midori's Fortifem program. If you're not a patron of American Sex or Caroline or Midori, uh, you can become one of ours for as little as $3. In addition to access to fun events like this one, I'm going to send you podcast stickers in the mail. You'll get bonus episodes, bonus audio. There's one up from Rose Now. All sorts of other fun stuff. You can join American Sex Patreon at patreon.com slash American Sex. And in the show notes, I will have the link to this icebreaker event so you can read more about it. Okay, that's it. These balls are clean. That was easy. All right, American fuckers, get ready for a great conversation with Rose Montoya. This is going to be a kick-ass episode because... She's the prettiest girl on the internet. Yes. We've got Rose Montoya with us. Hi, Rose. Hi, Rose. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm I'm fangirling over Ah, here. We're like having a fan fan person moment here. So I have to tell you, (laughs) I just tell you, so uh, I was first introduced to you via TikTok. That's where I I first found you, I guess, and uh, loved your content, like, you know, followed you everywhere. And so I was talking to Ken, and, and I think this was about the time that your account had gotten deleted. And I was like, oh, Ken, you know, because I, I keep up on like censorship and all that. Like, I'm really into all of that stuff. So I'm talking to Ken. I'm like, Ken, um, there's this this woman I follow, and she just got deleted. And da, 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 da. and we're talking. And he's like, wait, is that Rose? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I follow Rose. I, lo- I love Rose's account. <laughs> So it was really funny. We were arguing over who was who was the biggest fan. I am. <laughs> I'm OG. I've been doing it longer than you. Sorry. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. It's been a journey. Yeah. So, okay. So we know who you are, but everyone else listening along who we call our listeners American fuckers because it's American sex podcast. I love So that. let's start there. You know, for the American fuckers who don't know who the awesome Rose Montoya is who are you and why should everyone know who the hell you are hi american fuckers i'm rose i am i'm a transgender non-binary woman um so some people are confused by that it's okay you don't have to understand to be respectful you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm a content creator i'm a model i used to be a full-time makeup artist but lately that's not my biggest passion 
I'm, I'm kind of a renaissance woman, I guess. I do a lot of things, but what I've been focusing on is spreading my story um, while, you know, I share my story while spreading love and education about the transgender community is kind of my main focus. Um, but I do sex education. I, you know, I model, I do thirst traps, you know, you name it. <laughs> I like to just have fun and just show my personality and be who I am and people seem to have really liked that, especially on TikTok. So it's been it's been fun. My social media career really started um, back in 2013, but 2020 has been a whole new journey. Oh, yes, it has. It ha- and, and you had mentioned you're, you're a non-binary trans woman. So let me make sure I have the, the story straight. From what I understand from one of your prior TikToks, you use she, her, or they, them pronouns. Is that or do I have that right? That's correct. So you All can right. say Rose is, you know, a content creator. Her name, her middle name is Jamie and they are Latinx. You know, you can you can use both. You can use either or you're not going to offend me. Just awesome. don't call me a man and we're good. <laughs> Would never do that, wouldn't it? So cool. All right. So let's start there. Let's start with um, your journey on social media and, you know, your journey in general, your transition journey that you've been sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you know you were going to be the prettiest girl on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, it's It's interesting. This year, I've been more confident than ever. I don't think I would have ever been comfortable doing a podcast, you know, even one year ago. Mm. Um, My voice is something that I still have a lot of dysphoria and insecurity surrounding. But but this year has just changed so much for me. So I came out as trans back in 2015. I came out as attracted to men in 2010. Um, I identified as a gay man for five years. Well, Mm. publicly five years, really about three years. But um, you know, I, it took me some time before I was accepting of myself because I grew up very religious in a Baptist household. I'm a pastor's kid. So that oh. has its own baggage and trauma, you yeah. know, attached to it, right? Especially yeah. as a queer person. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, over time, my family has become very accepting and supportive, which is so wonderful now. And um, I, God, I've come out so many times. I, after coming out as trans, I came out as bisexual. I realized accepting my own femininity that I am now also attracted to femininity. And I didn't think that was possible, but here we are. Mm -hmm. And then, and then as I became more comfortable with my feminine identity, um, I started realizing more recently that I have some dysphoria attached to being hyper femme, which I've been hyper femme for so long now. Um, And so I'm kind of leaning into my euphoria and just letting myself not care as much Mm-hmm. You know, I feel almost like I'm insignificant and that feels amazing because it doesn't matter. You know, gender is this made up like social construct that's changed so much throughout history, time and in different cultures. Like why stress so much about it? And that's been so liberating for me to just exist, you know, oh. rather than just be like, well, oh, I need this label and this label and this is what it means. Like, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. over that. I'm, you know, just doing what makes me feel good and this year, I was privileged enough to, with the help of my followers on social media and my family and friends as well, I was able to fundraise and afford multiple gender-affirming surgeries. So I had breast dog, I had a trachea shave, and looking at myself in the mirror, I feel so much more confident with myself that now like things such as my voice that causes me a lot of dysphoria from time to time 
it doesn't matter as much anymore because I have so many other things that give me all of this euphoria, you know, relating to my gender. So it's been very liberating. It's been, it's given me a lot of confidence and my followers, my friends, my family, they all, they all notice there's a difference yeah. in me. There's a difference in the content that I create and I'm overall, I'm happier. I think I'm more myself than I've ever been. And, you know, I have almost that childhood excitement again, you know, that I had lost for so long. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Now, you know, I had a thought because we're going to be getting to your story about being censored and silenced on social media. However, you know, I'm thinking back at the beginning of your journey, you were saying that, you know, pastor's kid, you know, a lot of baggage in your own life to overcome and to accept yourself within yourself. How much did being able to see other trans people, other queer people, etc. on the internet help you in your personal journey? I don't think I'd be here today without the, you know, influences in my life, you know, the queer celebrities or YouTubers or uh, Instagrammers, you know, that I was exposed to. They helped shape who I am. They helped give me that confidence because I grew up in a small town in Idaho. I lived on a farm for the first like six years of my life. So I was very sheltered, right? I didn't have cable until I was 13. I have a lot of like pop culture, like knowledge gaps. Like my friends make fun of me because they'll like, (laughs) they'll list like an old song or something. And I'm like, I know the lyrics to the song. I don't know the name of the song. I don't know the artist. I couldn't tell you the year it came out. But, um, for the love of God, tell me you didn't skip Star Wars. Oh, no. I'm I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Star Wars. Actually, Queen Amidala and Padme is the reason I love makeup. Oh, that Aww. is amazing. That's what That's led cool. to my obsession today with makeup. That's what led me to become oh, a full-time heart. makeup artist for so long. <laughs> Aww. I love it. I actually, I, I read, it. I read, what is it called? It's like Padme's Diary, whatever it's called, like one of the Star Wars books. Uh-huh. And I had never related to a character so well. And this was like third grade or something. You know, I was pretty young. Right. But um, that that kind of helped me kind of realize my dysphoria and how connected I felt to femininity and womanhood and, or I guess girlhood at the time, you could say. When YouTube came out, I think it was really YouTube that kind of really changed things for me because I finally saw these real people, not not these characters, you know, like I'd seen Birdcage, I'd seen Mrs. Doubtfire. So I had a little bit of queer influence in my life, but they didn't mean anything and they were butt ends of jokes. The actors were straight in real life or cisgender in real life. And so that didn't resonate with me. I didn't connect to that. But seeing real people be themselves and, you know, be gay, be queer, be trans, especially on YouTube, made me feel not alone anymore. Because I was the first queer person I knew. I didn't know a single queer person. I was the first person to come out in my high school. Like, I was bullied and ridiculed growing up. I was called queer. I was called a fag. I was called gay growing up. I've been thrown into a dumpster, literally. Ah. That's how bad my bullying was in elementary school. But um, high school changed things for me because I came out, YouTube existed, Glee came out, Orange is the New Black came out. And seeing these characters and real life people be queer outside of their characters 
you know, told me that I could be accepted. I could be successful and I could be happy and I could love myself as a queer person. And that was so revolutionary for me because I grew up thinking my identity is God first. So my queer identity was an abomination. I hated myself. You know, I've, I've struggled with self-harm for years. I don't anymore. I mean, I guess, I don't know if that's something you ever fully overcome. It's something I, I did often and I no longer do, but you know, I think that struggle will always kind of live with me to an extent. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, you know, I've contemplated suicide multiple times in my life because I was taught that God is my identity first you know, other people come second and then I come last essentially is kind of how my framework, you know, my own identity existed for so long. And so to accept myself as a queer person, it took so much, you know, it took dense um, literature, like, like I had to study and prove to myself that this is real and valid. I had to read, you know, like queer theory and gender theory and feminist literature, like Judith Butler, Kate Bornstein, you know, like authors who I don't necessarily agree with anymore fully, but that I needed to hear their words at the time, you know, in high school and college. Um, And I had to like prove that to myself because for my whole childhood, I was disassociating and it ended up benefiting me, but I disassociated by burying myself in my studies. So mm-hmm. I was a straight A student. I took college courses in high school. I graduated college at 19 years old. And while that's an accomplishment, that's something to be proud of. The only thing that truly got me to that point was the extent of which I was disassociating because I wanted to escape. I wanted to escape my, my world, my life, because I didn't like how I was, you know, existing. I didn't, right. I didn't love myself at that time. Um, and so, you know, it did end up, you know, helping me in my life. I, you know, for whatever reason, I chose the healthy thing to disassociate in as, <laughs> as healthy as disassociating can be, I guess. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what led me to, you know, accepting myself and then eventually coming out as trans. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're now here and you're happy and you're healthy and you're able to share, you know, what you've gone through and what, what you're still going through with other people to help other people who may be, you know, in a position that you were in middle school or grade school or you high school. You are legit helping so many people on TikTok that were in your shoes so many years ago that like, that's such a great medium to reach out. Just that algorithm kind of reaches the people that it needs to get to. Mm-hmm. And you're genuinely helping people. Yeah. Thank you. And I agree and, with you. That's yeah. exactly why I do what I do. You know, it's because mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to feel how I used to feel. I want people to know that they're not alone. You know, they mm-hmm. are loved and they are valid. And you can be successful. You can be trans and be beautiful. And you can be trans and be successful and be trans and be loved and be trans and love yourself. Right. Right. And and that's why, you know, it pisses me off so much. I know it pisses you off and a whole bunch of other people that, um, you know, this that you're sharing with the world is unnecessarily getting censored and shut down left and right. Now, your experience specifically is on TikTok and, you know, American fuckers who have been with me for a while that have listened to multiple episodes know that 
you know, censorship is a recurring theme that we have here on this podcast, whether it's, you know, talking about Section 230 or SESTA-FOSTA and all of these things that are um, basically have sex censorship at their center, end up censoring not only sex and sex workers, which that's bad. I'm not, you know, saying that's bad, but also collateral damage are activists, you know, LGBTQ educators, sex educators, people that talk about healthy emotions and all of those things that people really need that are, you know, not only life changing, but life saving in some cases. So let's talk about your your blossoming on social media and then how they fucked you over. (laughs) (laughs) So TikTok... TikTok, was it was it the 2020, like the year of the pandemic that really got you going? Like, how did that get up and running? Oh, TikTok. Let's let's get into it. (laughs) Um, So I started TikTok. I downloaded it first in 2019 when I heard a lot of people were having these huge success stories of blowing up overnight on TikTok. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I've been trying to be like a social media figure. I wanted to be a makeup influencer for a while. I was a professional makeup artist for like four years. And that was Mm -hmm. a big goal of mine was to become like a social media influencer for makeup. And so I started posting makeup videos and they didn't go anywhere. They never popped off. For whatever reason, my makeup content has never done well on social media. And I've accepted that. And I'm actually, I'm thankful for that now. That's I've now learned that's not ooh, something ooh, I want. Ooh, that makeup beauty world drama? Are you glad you're not wrapped up in that shit? Oh my god! It's a, oh god, it, it gets fucked. I'm glad I'm not a part of that, that's for sure. I'm, yeah. I am such, like, I do not like drama. I avoid it at all costs. But um, But when quarantine hit, right, when COVID hit, and I was furloughed by my job, I moved to Arizona, and I didn't have a lot to do. You know, I was hanging out with my family and I needed to do something with my life. So it started with a trend video. I did the blinded by the lights challenge by the weekend where you do a little dance Uh and my whole family did it together and it did pretty well. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like that was fun. That was cute, whatever. But then when I started talking about my trans identity, my TikTok really took off. And by the summer, I had more followers on TikTok than I did on any other platform. And I was like, oh, this is like a real platform. I can like do this. Mm -hmm. And then the TikTok creator fund started. So people could be paid for each individual video that they post based off of the performance. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, this is like YouTube, but better. Because I've been monetized on YouTube for quite some time and I don't make any money off of YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is like the beginnings of YouTube all over again, but better. And I was like, we need to get on this. So I started posting every single day. I put a lot of time and energy into it. The job that had furloughed me for months eventually eliminated my position company-wide. So I was let go in August, Mm -hmm. the same month the Creator Fund started. And so I was invited to, you know, apply to the Creator Fund. I was accepted and I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is happening. I also (laughs) just so happened to have breast augmentation September 1st, right after. And so sharing my surgery journey, it did really well. And from there, I started getting bombarded with questions from people about the trans community. Mm -hmm. Because what's so beautiful 
and also sometimes fucked up about TikTok is that it's all about being exposed to new content, to new creators that you would never otherwise be exposed to, especially on other platforms, right? Because I feel like on every other platform, I'm kind of stuck in my happy little queer bubble, you right. know, where I don't mm-hmm. get exposed to hate and very often. Like, I've received death threats. I've received some serious hate on all platforms, but it's such a small extent. Whereas on TikTok, I'm exposed to new people every single day. And so I started getting bombarded with these people who were ignorant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been stuck in my happy little queer bubble. I almost forgot where I came from, where I grew up in that ignorant you know, community that doesn't know even what the word transgender means. And I was like, I didn't know the word transgender until high school. So of course, there's still people who don't know. So I started answering people's questions. You know, I unofficially called that unofficial series, you know, ask a trans girl, you know, because I just started answering people's questions directly, like from their comments. And that content did so well, because people are hungry for that information, because they know a lot. I feel like most people now know that trans people exist. But that's about where a lot of people stop, you know, so they don't know what being respectful to trans people mean. They don't know what our community faces or struggles with, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, this is a hole, you know, in a lot of people's knowledge that I personally have experienced. And so let's, let's talk about my own story in a new in a new way. Because I've always shared my story. I've always been open about, you know, being trans and everything. But TikTok is a whole other format. And so by the end of October, I hit 100,000 followers. And I was so overwhelmed. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. Started getting to my head. I started getting a little more confident. You know, I was two months out from breast dog. I was like, okay, let's start posting some thirst traps. Let's have fun with this. (laughs) And I posted a video where a man at the post office hit on me. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I felt confident enough to tell a man hitting on me in person right off the bat that I'm trans. Mm. I had never done that before because I'm always terrified to do so because I fear for my safety or whatever their reactions to it. But I was feeling really confident that day. There were other people around. I felt safe. And I was like, well, you know, he asked for my phone number and to go out on a date. And I was like, well, that depends. You know, I have to ask you a question. And he was like, what? And I was like, are you attracted to trans women? And he kind of freaked out. He was like, oh shit. Like I thought, I thought you were real. And I was like, hmm, I am real. And if you don't think so, like clearly you don't deserve me. So next, thank you next, you know? And so I posted that story and it went viral. It's my most viral video to date. It has almost 12 million views, which I'm still beside myself. Like, I can't believe that's the story. (laughs) Wow. But um, from there, within a week, I hit 200,000 followers from there. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I really need to focus on this. So I started posting about 10 videos a day. Mm -hmm. I was pouring my heart and soul into TikTok because it was fun. I was being introduced to new people. At that point, I had received more than 100 messages from people who used to be ignorant, thanking me for educating them, telling me how they never thought they could accept a trans person, let alone be attracted to a trans woman, and that I had changed their minds. And reading that, like, that's so humbling. Like, that that fills up my cup like no other. And so it's it became addictive, right? I'm like, this feels so good. Like, I'm actually creating change that I want to see in this world. And 
you know, I didn't realize the power that I had on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately by the time December came around, um, I had, you know, continued to post that same type of content of answering people's questions, talking about my own journey. I had a trachea shave in the middle of November. I documented that surgery journey and I started posting a lot more thirst traps. You know, I mean, I'll admit to it, not that there's anything wrong with them, but um, because I'm trans and because I do what I do, a lot yeah, of you people... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In just Wonder Woman outfit is going you know, just, to... I have know. heart conditions. Your Wonder Woman outfit is going to murder me. Oh my... Murder I have heart condition too. Stop. What? <laughs> so have you run into post office guy again? I've run into him three times. So... <gasps> <laughs> do tell um i i saw him a week or two ago i posted about it on tiktok and that video did pretty well that's the best video that i've had since my account was deleted and um he he checked me out i was at the i was at the front desk picking up some packages um from my p.o box as i do that's the only reason i use the post office and um i like turned around and he's in line and i was like Oh, that's a cute boy. And then I noticed he was checking me out and I was like, Oh, you're checking me out. Hi. And I was like, Oh shit, that's him. That's post office dude. And so I like, I kind of smiled and he smiled back and I had this he- like three huge boxes in my hand. So I was like, okay, well I- I'm going to go, you know, he already turned me down twice. So like, let's, let's leave it at that. But he checked me out again. And I was like, I don't know if you recognized me. Like I had gotten a haircut since the last time he saw me. So I was like, did you not recognize me? Do you still think I'm cute? Like, what's up? Like, hi, it's okay. You're allowed to think a trans woman's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Now I'm like, I'm going to be waiting for updates on post office guy. People. Are- <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully it's invested. It's obvious that you have that, you know, you there, you are totally it, like having free rent in his brain. There's oh, no doubt about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. So, we're at December. Things are going good. Things you are going hit, really like, great. What, you got up to what, like 300,000 followers or something? Yeah, by by December, the week before I was deleted, I was, I think I hit 350,000. Wow. Which I'm still beside myself about. Like, it's wild how many people want to listen to, you know, little old me, this little girl from a farm town in Idaho. <laughs> but um <laughs> course I'm so much more than that now but um I had because of the large amount of following and because of the way that TikTok works and pushes your content to strangers constantly I had started receiving a lot of hate Mm. um in November I think I was banned from going live about nine maybe ten times um simply for talking about being trans for wearing a bralette wearing a low-cut tank top I'm literally just showing, I almost said the little amount of cleavage I have, the large amount of cleavage I have. <laughs> I'm still not fucking used to it. It's amazing. <laughs> little moments of euphoria. That's what I live for. <laughs> but I'm, you know, literally just showing the smallest amount of skin that any other person would show on TikTok. Exactly. Like cis women show a hell of a lot more skin the on the regular and than you do, show and even. don't get deleted. Yeah. Like, like no hate to Charlie D'Amelio, if that's how you say her last name. I, I've never looked it up. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> but, you know, the most followed, the most famous person on TikTok, Charlie, 
she, I think she's of age now. She might not be 18 yet, but she was underage when she started posting and she posts videos twerking in string bikinis and she's Mm -hmm. underage. And I'm like, how is that allowed? But a trans woman literally just talking about her own life, you know, wearing a tank top is against the community guidelines. That's, that's an issue with me. That's, that's called transphobia. That's, that's a double standard that I don't accept as right or fair. And Mm so, so after getting a lot of hate, um, I started noticing one particular account was reposting more than a dozen of my videos, I think now, and spreading hate with them. You know, he would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? He would call me a man, misgender me, use he, him pronouns to refer to me, and openly admitted to creating more than five accounts um, prior to my account being deleted of him just falsely, you know, reporting my content and harassing me. Um, he still has a video that I've reported and it still has yet to be taken down of him, you know, gloating that he created so many false accounts and I've blocked all of them and he continues to harass me with these false accounts. And he, he's had friends join him. I think I have screenshots now of five other people who are followers or friends of his who, you know, admit to doing the same thing or who tag him or ask me why I've blocked him. Um, I actually, I've, I have a draft right now in TikTok. I think I'll post tomorrow because today was, today is all about the trans military ban being unlifted yeah. on my oh, Thank you for bringing that up, by the way. I'm a veteran and that is so fucking incredible that President Biden today rescinded Trump's idiotic order. Mm-hmm. It's just a breath of fresh air, honestly. It really is. It really is. So I didn't want to take away from that on my socials today by posting something, you know, not so fun. So I think tomorrow, I think I'll reveal all of these screenshots that I have of people directly targeting me and admitting to falsely reporting my account. And so on December, the week before Christmas, the Monday before or two Mondays before Christmas, my account was deleted. Mm. I was at a friend's house. We were recording content for TikTok when I got the notification, literally, uh, we had just recorded a little like, like makeup transformation video together. She's a trans woman as well. And um, it's the first friend I've made since COVID because I've been so terrified to travel. And of course, the one weekend I'm like, you know, we've both been staying at home, you work from home, I work from home, you know, we both recently had surgery and tested negative for COVID. We've been wanting to meet for more than a year. Let's fucking meet. Let's do this, you know, and so of course, the one weekend I do that, I get banned permanently from TikTok. Oh, and so God. I kind of was in a state of shock and panic for about like four hours. She calmed me down and I felt so bad. I was like, you don't even know me. This is the first time we've met. Like, <laughs> and you have to calm me down and like console me right now. But um, it was so upsetting because not only was TikTok fun, addicting felt good I was getting a lot of affirmation from which is you know something that I admit to needing as a person you know it feels good to be affirmed and especially when for so much of my life I did the opposite toward myself and so I'm but it was also I was creating change it was my main source of income after you know being fired due to COVID and so it was a lot to process at once Yeah. And I didn't break community guidelines. There was only ever one video that was taken down due to false reports that TikTok did not allow back onto the app. And 
it so happened to be a thirst trap, which I still think is ridiculous. But, right. you know, every other video that was taken down, like the nine live streams that were banned, or like my about a dozen videos that were taken down and then appealed and deemed not to violate community guidelines and were put back on the app by TikTok themselves, they were mostly educational. Mm-hmm. You know? And <laughs> it's just so fucked up. I'm like, excuse me. Like, trolls should not have more power than content creators. Yeah. Yeah. It's And I they was, do. And it is they fucked. They do. It's so fucked. And it was it's very upsetting that, you know, people can target you on social media just because they hate you for an invalid reason. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. And so... So I, in my, you know, anger and upsetness, I was about to call TikTok quits. I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm done with it. I'll focus on Instagram and YouTube again. And then I got a phone call from one of my friends. Um, I posted, I posted about it on my Instagram story. And quickly after I received a phone call from a good friend of mine, his name is Brody. And um, he's currently one of the, um, like, I think he's editor in chief or one of the head editors at the LA Blade. Mm-hmm. Currently, he's he's been a writer, a journalist and editor in multiple publications throughout his life. He's an older gay gentleman who who helped me learn a lot about social media after my first video went viral way back in 2012-2013 and so he's helped me get published multiple times and he called me up right after I posted that my TikTok account was deleted and he was like Rosie, what the fuck happened? And I was like, well, here's what happened, Brody. And he was like, I, you know, I, I trust you. I, I know you, I know your content. Like there's no way you could have broken content, like, like community guidelines. Like tell me what your content was. Like, I don't have TikTok. I don't know about that Gen Z shit, but tell me, (laughs) tell me what happened. Like, I fully believe you did nothing wrong, but I need to hear it from you. And I was like, I did nothing wrong. And he's like, okay, so I want to write a story. Like you can write the story. I will write the story, like whatever you want. Like, like this, this needs to be talked about. This needs to be published. Like, I can't believe this is happening to you. And I was like, I mean, same, but wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do this. I didn't think that I was going to fight it for those first few hours. You know, that first like morning, I was just kind of defeated. And so that was kind of the motivation I needed. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start a petition and then I'll type out my story in that. And then I wrote like a more professional story um, for him mm-hmm. and it was published the next day. And within 24 hours of the story and the petition being published, my account was magically unbanned. Ooh, like nobody contacted you just poof, it was back. What's as wild mysteriously is as it vanished. I appealed my account being deleted. And they denied it. So when I go into my TikTok settings now, I can still go back to my previous notifications. And it says that my account is currently banned permanently. And my appeal was denied for breaking or violating too many community guidelines, supposedly. Um, So it's really bizarre because I've never heard from TikTok. They've never sent me an email. They've never sent me a message. I, throughout the next week, I contacted every executive I could find on Twitter, on LinkedIn, through emailing. And by Saturday, I found the Content Advisory Council, which is a group of like consultants that are more volunteers that Mm -hmm. work 
with TikTok, but not for TikTok. They're not employees. Um, And one of them finally reached out to me because the day I got my TikTok account back on Wednesday, I went live and I was immediately permanently banned from going live. And I wasn't even wearing a tank top. I was wearing, you know, like a sweater or something, (laughs) talking about how I was deleted and then got undeleted and not even 10 minutes into the live I was banned uh-huh. um because people were falsely reporting me when I went on to my second like my backup account that's when I started getting all of these messages of LMFAO we got your account deleted like <gasps> fuck you you're you're a tranny you know we got you deleted oh. like people laughing at that happening mm. so I, you know shit. of course I have all the receipts I took all the screenshots reported deleted blocked you know what I mean mm. but um I finally, I finally heard back, but all he said, all his name is Dr. Hanny Fareed. He um, is one of the, you know, council members for the content Mm. advisory council. And he, he was like, well, your account was unbanned. So I'm not sure what I can do for you, but please give me a list of names of people who have also been wrongfully deleted and I'll see what I can do. And I was like, okay, but I want my live streams back. And there are hundreds of people who this have happened to. There's other petitions out there. You know, there's like black led petitions. There are POC focused petitions. There are people living with disability focused petitions. You know, mine's not the only one. Mm-hmm. Mine is just a petition that has no particular focus, but started with my own story. And now as of today, I think it has 35, almost 40 stories included in it from wow. other people. And so because he asked me for names, I was like, okay, here's the petition. I'll continue to update it until I hear back. And I've reached out to him, I think, five additional times, and I still have yet to hear back. But um, about a week after he emailed me and I urged him to get my live streams unbanned, I was unbanned. And so I was never, again, never contacted. My TikTok notifications still say that my live streams are banned way back from December 20th or whatever day that was. Mm -hmm. And so it's wild because now, because I was manually unbanned by TikTok themselves, I can't currently be censored anymore. And this I find interesting because I've seen some of your- You know what all this is telling me? TikTok is owned by Q. Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally dicking around you guys. Nothing to do with Q in any way, shape, or form. No, but I find this interesting because I've watched some of your your TikToks about this, how you're it's almost like you're you're immune. So you get to see, like, do you get to see all the reports against you and all the times they're they keep trying to ban you, but it just like never sticks? And is that what's happening? Exactly. So it's really fascinating. I've learned a lot about my situation and how TikTok functions kind of ex like internally through this because I, I make a I make a joke because I think it's very relevant to the times that I have the vaccine to being censored, right? So I'm immune to it is what I joke. Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I get a lot of false reports, right? And you're right. Um, I'm now aware of how many times I falsely get reported. Well, not exactly. I get notified every time a video should be taken down or every time my live stream should be taken down. So basically every time there's enough false reports to trigger a deletion or some kind of censorship, exactly. then you get to see that. 
Okay. Exactly. That's when I get a notification um, on TikTok. And so I have received well over 300 notifications that my <gasps> live streams have been permanently banned. What the fuck? And it, it, I mean, for since December, that's wow. barely like a little over a month. It's yeah, it hasn't. Yeah, it's been a month and a couple days, literally, oh my since, goodness. since this happened, which is absolutely fucked. Like that just tells you how many people or, or or how often a few people are falsely reporting my content for the sake of, you know, with the purpose of getting me censored again. Right. Um, you know, like every time I go live now, especially if I'm specifically talking about trans related issues, or if I am showing off my cleavage to any extent, I so often get kicked off of going live because the app thinks that because I'm getting all of these false reports that they're real. And then mm-hmm. thinks that it needs to ban me from going live. But because I'm already permanently banned from going live and I was manually unbanned, I can't be banned again. Mm-hmm. So I get the notification that I'm banned, but I'm able to immediately go live again. So it's really frustrating because in one night, for example, the worst time that that this happened, I was going live, I think, for the time span of like three hours. I average mm-hmm. about two to three hours per live stream on TikTok because that's where I make the most of my income through TikTok. And um, and I love it. It's my social time. You know, we can't go out and make friends. So might as well hang out on live and chat with people online. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> and so um, one time, though, in that three-hour time span, I think I was kicked off about 10, 11 times. And I had more than 100 notifications just from that one Holy live stream. Holy shit. Holy shit. So hypothetically, you could wear a Princess Leia slave outfit while doing a live stream, hypothetically. I think, <laughs> you know, I think I could. <laughs> uh, so, so many people have been like been making jokes to me, especially my friends. They're like, well, now, Rose, like now that you have immunity, like, you know, you get all these notifications that your live streams and your videos are removed, but they can't be removed anymore. Like, might as well just say fuck it and like do whatever you fucking want. Like start an OnlyFans, you know, start promoting it, <laughs> like do whatever. And so I oh did I did post a drag performance that I don't think I would have ever been comfortable posting on TikTok before being immune to being deleted. But um, you know, it was cute. It was a 3435 by Ari- Ariana Grande. I'm an assless chab, so I'm twerking, Yes, I remember that on one. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's a cute little thirst trap moment. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was, it, it's been reported more than 10 times. It's supposed to have God. been removed 10 times, but it hasn't. God. <laughs> we are still in the thick of winter and storms are a brewing in your pants. And just like it's a pain in the butt to dig out your car under all that snow, it's a pain digging out the goods under all that bush. Keep that stuff trimmed and neat. And luckily, our partners at Manscaped can help you with that. Ken and I are huge fans of Manscaped products. One of our favorites, the Lawnmower 3.0. It is the best hygiene tool. The ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks. Plus, the trimmer is also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. It also comes with 
the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. They both smell amazing. And right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. It's time to leave 2020 behind and make this new year so much better. I have. I'm focusing a lot more on self-care and my health in 2021. So whether you're ready to jumpstart a lifestyle change or be more mindful of what you're putting in your body, Sakara makes it easy. Sakara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their menu of creative, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. I love my Saqqara meals because I don't have to cook, I don't have to shop, just poof! Saqqara meals are so good, so fresh, and they are ready to go when I am. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. Saqqara's supplement packs called The Foundation and their Metabolism Super Powder deliver support for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. Saqqara has received rave reviews from Vogue, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering American Sex Podcast listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sunny or enter sunny at checkout. That's S-U-N-N-Y. The website is S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash sunny for 20% off your first order. Again, that's sakara.com slash sunny. So, you know, I find it, I don't want to say fascinating, because that makes it seem like I'm enjoying this, which I'm not, you know, but one thing I want to remind listeners is, and there's a couple of great books, one is called Algorithms of Oppression, the other is, hold on, I have it right here, what's it called? Uh, Race After Technology. And basically, like these books talk about how uh, humans teach algorithms. So like, mm-hmm. the more people are racist, homophobic, you know, whatever ist, uh, you know, they are, and they report stuff, they teach the algorithm to start being racist and start being ableist and start being sizes. So eventually, you know, and again, it, it's different on different platforms, because different platforms obviously work a little differently. But of course, they all have algorithms. Eventually, what happens is it teaches the algorithms like, well, if there's a fat black woman dancing in a bikini, just automatically take that down, you know, what I mean? without even having anybody report it. So, like, that's one of the the larger um, implications of this sort of thing. But what I also find fascinating is as you start co- as you started collecting these stories, the variety 
of different people that have been taken down. Like I know, I know there's been a couple that I follow if they're taken down. I'm like, I tag you. I'm like, Rose, here's another one. Help. Um, and one has been uh, Sasha, who is a gastroenterologist who talks about like butt Butts. health. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love her. I know. I love her so much. I've um, actually learned a lot from her, too. Yes, I know. And Dr. Carlton, who we've yeah. had on the show before. Dr. Carlton so far has been safe. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was just going through on, and for listeners, I will have the petition linked in the show notes for this episode. And you can go through and in that petition, each and every single story is linked. And, you know, I was just kind of randomly going through and it's like one woman's like, I'm a queer pagan. And that's what I talk about. I'm, a, you know, it's just it's such a variety of people from disabled people to people who are being targeted because they're, you know, black or a person of color. Like, have what have you seen? Like, what's the gamut of uh, and is it all because racists and assholes and, you know, ists are reporting them? Is that why they're being taken down? It's, it's fascinating what I've learned through this. Um, you know, I could probably write like full dissertations on what I've learned about TikTok and censorship and everything from, you know, just reading all of these stories and, you know, my own story as well. But um, it's definitely by far a majority of people who are already marginalized, you know, so multiple people living with disabilities or who are, you know, not neurotypical. Um, a lot of people of color, a lot of queer people, especially trans people. Um, mm-hmm. I've had, I think now five trans friends of mine banned off of TikTok. Wow. Um, a few of them have yet to, you know, type up their full stories. Two of them got their accounts back pretty quickly. But um, regardless, you know, the algorithm has learned to target marginalized voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also been a couple of educators who have been targeted. So, you know, there have been sex educators and um, doctors, people spreading facts and, you know, very vital information about the pandemic, about COVID-19, about the vaccine. And people just don't like what they're hearing or don't believe what they're hearing. And so they falsely report it and flag, you know, doctors and nurses and, you know, people who are spreading very important information that is vital to our current situation that people just don't like hearing or don't believe. And so they're being censored as well. And that's what's been really alarming. Like, obviously, it's alarming that there's censorship happening happening wrongfully at all. Mm -hmm. But to have like vital life saving information like that, Right. What like from science fuck? deniers, you know, mass reporting like COVID isn't real. Let's get all the doctors taken down. I mean, that is ridiculous that they can have that kind of power. This goes beyond like fake news. Right. You know, this is just so upsetting because I have learned so much, you know, from the doctors and nurses and educators that I'm following. And, you know, I've followed every single person from the petition now, but a few of them, quite a few of them I followed previous. And, you know, they saw my story and that's how we connected. But I'm, oh my God, it's just, it's been, it's been very upsetting to see, you know, anyone be wrongfully censored, but the people who are, are such beautiful individuals. Yeah. They're doing really 
amazing work. You know, and some of them, sure, like me, post the occasional thirst trap, you know, or just having fun, being but silly, you know what? doing comedy, we but have, they should be allowed yeah, to be. Exactly. Grown-ups are allowed to have sexuality. Exactly. We have the what right to- concept. <laughs> yeah, we have the right to feel good, to post sexy stuff that's still within the terms of service guidelines. There is nothing wrong with that. It's not like this is Amish talk where you have to be, you know, <laughs> up to up to the neck. Don't show the ankles. That's no. ridiculous. What about all of our Amish fans? Good job. Sorry, but, you know, Amish talk. Get on that. <laughs> it might be. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so, okay. If so we have any Amish of- fans, please reach out, by the way. Or Mennonites. I'd like to hear from you. But, okay. So, this is going to show my ignorance, but are they allowed to listen to podcasts? I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Okay, it's all the, all the Amish people on Rome Springer who are having out. a beer listening to the podcast right now. Okay, so anyway, uh, all of this work you've done and all of this help that you've given to people, you know, on the censorship, and of course, everything else, um, but specifically speaking of the censorship stuff, has been instrumental and the stuff that you're learning from being immune is awesome because nobody can figure out especially when it comes to tiktok specifically how does the algorithm work what are their rules like some people will get reported one time and they're deleted permanently other people get reported ten thousand times and they just get a one-day ban like it, it there's no rhyme or reason so what is your your end goal uh, you know, not only for the petition, but I guess like the movement that you've started against the censorship. What do you want TikTok to do? I love this question. And I'm, you know, it's quite upsetting to see what TikTok is currently doing because you're right, it's completely unfair. You know, I feel like verified users and celebrities get away with so much more than the rest of us who are mm-hmm. not. Um, but that being said, you know, I know verified people who have also been horribly targeted and censored as well. Right. Um, but it's these false reports are teaching the algorithm to discriminate. And like what the post that upset me the most that was removed of mine is when I discussed um, one of my friend's stories. Um, this woman named Jade, she's a transgender woman of color. She was brutally attacked in Seattle. And mm. she was fighting for her life in the hospital for many weeks. And she is back in the hospital again for a another complication after being out of the hospital for a week. And so it's been more than a month now of, of five different surgeries, of being in and out of the hospital, fighting for her life due mm. to a wrongful attack. And I shared the story asking people, you know, to to care and, you know, if they can, to donate to her GoFundMe and TikTok's. quickly removed that video and or like attempted to because i was already immune to being banned but that video in particular has people have attempted to remove it and would have successfully removed that video five times now if it weren't for you know me me being manually unbanned and so tiktok needs to stop tiktok needs to do better and so what i'm asking for tiktok to do is follow other social media leads or better do better than them. You Uh know, I am, I love that YouTube has a huge problem with this as well. I mean, every social media does because all algorithms are created by people and influenced by people, including the discriminatory assholes out there, you know? And so 
YouTube to try to combat that, they created a board of content creators, of YouTubers, um, made up of, you know, diverse, marginalized individuals to come together quarterly to discuss how YouTube can do better, you know, what's, what's going wrong and to celebrate, you know, wins and to give them one-on-one feedback with the mm-hmm. actual executives that are in charge of modifying the algorithm and, you know, ads and monetization, etc. And while TikTok has implemented this new content advisory council, I think it was back in March, um, and I'm thankful for them. And I'm glad that Dr. Hanny Farid was able to help me and get my account um, unbanned from going live it's still not enough, right? This is not about me. This isn't about the 35, 40 people in the petition that I've started. This is about TikTok wrongfully discriminating against millions of people. Yeah. I would love to sit down with TikTok one-on-one and discuss what happened to me, what has happened to other people, you know, that I know. I would love to invite these other people on, you know, to this one-on-one meeting that I hope can happen. And I want to urge TikTok to not only change their guidelines, but have a system set up in place to keep them accountable for the future. Because TikTok is an amazing app. I have, you know, found an amazing community there. I've had a lot of success on TikTok. I, you know, I've made it a part-time job, you know, so there's been so many beautiful moments from TikTok, but if if I didn't speak up, if I didn't have a friend in publishing, if I didn't start a petition that for whatever reason has been pretty successful, I don't think I would have been manually unbanned. Right. You know, if I didn't have the following that I have, there's no way, there's absolutely no way I would have been unbanned. And I'm still beside myself and I still don't understand how I was unbanned. So I would love to hear from TikTok, how was I unbanned? What <laughs> right? happened? Like... I'm happy. Thanks for that. But that's not enough. There's so much more that needs to be done. Yeah. So freedom of speech issues are often a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Um, Are are you doing anything or have you thought about if, say, somebody like the Proud Boys or Nazis or somebody would use your work to get a larger voice on TikTok? Um, So what's interesting is after Donald Trump was banned from social media, pretty much, you know, across the board, all of the major ones, Mm -hmm. at least, I celebrated that, you know, Donald Trump is a hateful person who has attacked so many marginalized communities, but especially the transgender community. And I've spoken a lot about that on my social media pages, especially today, now that Biden is president and is reversing some of those horrible laws. Yes. And I'm bans that he put into place. Um, I celebrated when Trump was banned from Twitter and then quickly, you know, banned from multiple other social media sites. And so many people called or attempted to call me out and said that I was being a hypocrite because I was just, in their words, throwing a fit about being censored myself. And what people don't understand is that I spread love positivity and education. I never broke community guidelines, whereas Trump incited an attack against our capital through his words on social media. He broke the law. There are consequences to breaking the law. Freedom of speech ends at our right to health and, you know, and safety. Right. And absolutely an attack on our democracy. (laughs) 
<laughs> that goes so far beyond that. You know, that is not freedom of speech. He does not deserve to have social media platforms where he can, you know, create a coup or an attack on our nation like that ever again. Right. And so the two cannot be compared. I have you know, I'm very anti-violence. I'm very anti-war. You know, people don't have to agree with my opinions on me being such a pacifist. That's fine. You don't have to disagree with me. We can have healthy debates about that. What we cannot have debates about are human rights. Yeah, absolutely. Donald Trump has continued to try to take away so many people's human rights, and he succeeded in doing so multiple times during his four years as president, unfortunately. And so, you know, I finally am feeling hopeful again, but um, the two cannot be compared at all. Um, I think censorship, you know, can rightfully happen when people break community guidelines. You know, what's difficult with TikTok is I have considered a lawsuit, but TikTok is an international company with, you know, with shareholders and owners in multiple countries. And so I don't really know what laws TikTok really needs to abide by. I don't know if this is truly an issue of freedom of speech. While it would be in the US if it were a fully US owned company, it's not. And so I really don't know what that looks like because the laws in other countries look so different. But regardless, if TikTok wants to be successful and wants to be as large and long lasting as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, they need to do better because yeah. those apps are not perfect. They have issues, especially Instagram lately, but that's a different topic. Okay. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I already did another episode on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And it's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, if if TikTok doesn't want to become Vine, <laughs> they need to do better. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is so many people, you know, for, for the American fuckers listening who haven't been on TikTok and you're like, you kids in your TikTok, blah, 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 blah. Snapchat and I, your I'm TikTokers. You, go on TikTok for an hour. You will throw away Facebook. You it is electric throw away crap. Instagram. It is awesome. And it, kitties and doggies and the emus from the useless farm. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I Rose. Mean, That's like literally I would go from by pirates to Rose to the useless farm emus. Yeah. <laughs> and just watch them all three all day. But it's been so many people's happy place. And, you know, I'm a former marketer. And like, when I put on my marketing hat, I'm like, TikTok is the so the big social media platform of the future. Soon, everybody is going to be on the, all you American fuckers sitting there listening, going, I'm never going to download TikTok. You will mark my words, it will happen. Um, and, and to your point, Rose, they need to do better. Sure, they're a private entity, so they can dictate whatever their terms of service are. But when their terms of service include discrimination, and include, like you said, violating people's human rights and letting the racists and the, you know, the, whatever ist you are win, then that's pretty f- fucked up. Like, well, and what's interesting is TikTok's community guidelines are beautifully written. Mm-hmm. I've read I've read every word of their guidelines to ensure that I'm not breaking them because I want to make sure I'm not because my account was deleted. You know, I, I was keeping myself accountable. I was like, okay, maybe I did do something wrong. Let's go look. I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't. But um, if if TikTok wants to follow their own community guidelines, 
they need to stop censoring people wrongfully, especially marginalized voices, because they claim to be, you know, supportive of diversity and they want to, you know, share the voices of the marginalized and they don't want hate. They don't want violence. They don't want discrimination on their app. And yet they're the ones that are fucking doing it or allowing mm-hmm. their community guidelines to be abused wrongfully. Yep. Yep. So, all right, American fuckers, I have got the petition uh, that Rose started in the show notes for this episode. And as of the time of this area, or as of the time of this recording, you've almost got your signatures, like you're really close, which is awesome. Um, And also, Rose, if you can give me if Jade's GoFundMe is still happening, please give me that link and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Um, and and tell us now you you've got your petition you've got cool merch I fucking love your merch Transplant. tell me about your merch especially the transplant which <laughs> the pun part of my brain loves it's funny I'm actually I'm not the biggest fan of puns which is <laughs> <laughs> really funny because that's that's what my merch is is a it's a whole pun I'm. So after I hit 100,000 followers or so on TikTok, people started calling themselves my fans. And I have, I've had people call themselves a fan of mine before. I've mm-hmm. been recognized in public well before I ever made a TikTok account at Pride events and like, you know, in, in my own community that's right. happened. But to be recognized outside of my community like at the post office and in a grocery store before now, since TikTok, it's beyond me. And so people were asking me, like, what 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 are your fans called? Like, who are we? Like, what what's our what's our word? Like, you know, like big people have like names for their fans. And I was like, oh, oh, am I at that level? Is that is that what we're doing now? <laughs> okay, um, if y'all demand it, let's let's figure this out. And so. I talked with multiple of my friends and I went live and we had a conversation about it. And um, I came up with a couple of ideas and so did others. One of my favorites was actually my little thorns. Because as much Aww. as I love my followers, sometimes they're a real pain in my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> like some people don't understand boundaries that I put up or ask a lot of personal questions. And I'm open to that sometimes, but... I have boundaries, you know, I, as right. open as I am, I have boundaries. And um, so I thought it was funny to call them my little thorns. But then someone suggested transplant. And I loved it. I was like, well, I'm Rose. I'm trans, you know, so I'm a transplant. I think that's really fucking cute. It's funny. It's a cute little pun. And so when I brought it up to my to my followers, it immediately took off. Everyone was in love with it. And at that point, I had shared this transition video where I come out at four years old and I, I tell my mom who's recording the video um, that my name is Queen Rose and I'm a girl. And it, it was, in a way, it was me coming out. I think I always knew, but I didn't know what that meant. My family didn't know what that meant. And they certainly weren't supportive of that. Um, though they seemed to be supportive in the video, I, they were not. And oh. so, um, but the video continues, you know, to document like my full story. And so people since then call me Queen Rose. And so I thought for a while to call like my followers, you know, like something royal, you know, like my royal subjects or I don't know. I never really came up with a good title for that. But um, transplants really stuck. And so 
after I hit about 300,000 followers, I was like, let's create merch. Like people are asking for it at this point. Like, let's, I guess we'll do it. Let's make some extra money, you know? And so, so I, I, I got some emojis because I'm, I'm a huge fan of emojis. I, I can have full conversations with people in just emojis on through texting. Oh, quick, <laughs> favorite emoji. What is it? My favorite emoji is, well, now it's the transgender flag. I'm so happy oh, it exists. Yeah. I use it all the time. Aww. But um, I also really love the monkey covering its face. Oh, <laughs> I use that one a lot. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> So I, I spliced together some emojis to create a trans plant with like a pot and a plant and then the trans flag connected to a plant. And I made like five different versions. And then I had my sister illustrate it because she's a professional um, artist. And so I'm not an illustrator by any means. And I didn't <laughs> want to, you know, have copyright issues. And so she designed, um, you know, a unique design based off of those creations I made from emojis. And you know, the rest is history. I launched, it's been going really well. And um, today I launched some new um, merchandise celebrating um, Joe Biden's lift on the transgender military ban. Yes. After um, Trump banned us from the military, I I modeled in my own room. I made this little um, photo set to kind of gain attention because usually my modeling posts are usually what do the best on Instagram until now. Now it's if I post photos of my tattoos, my ass or my boobs, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, hormones and surgery and stuff have really uh, helped with that. And so (laughs) now that's what does well. But um, I I posed in this like military-esque inspired look with green makeup holding the transgender flag. And um, I talked about, you know, the ban and what it means and how it affected me. And my sister saw that image later and illustrated me. Um, She had just started doing like um, social media marketing designs and her art on social media full time. And she illustrated me as like one of her examples of what she can do. And so she picked that image um, that I posed for when the when Trump banned us from the military. And so when I launched merch, I knew that I wanted to use that illustration, but I didn't have access to the original files. And so my sister had to kind of redesign it so it's a better quality so that I could do make it merch. And so I launched it today, which I had planned on launching it today, but I didn't know that today would be the day that Biden also lifted the ban. Oh, that's amazing. That is incredible. That is amazing. So it just, it just worked out really perfectly. I'm actually, I'm currently wearing the sweatshirt now with my cute little illustration on it. (laughs) I can't wait to go look at it. I'm like, oh, and for, for American fuckers who are like, I want to see it too. I want to buy some. I'm going to have those links in the show notes. I'm going to get everything from Rose and you know where to get all the stuff, including the links to, you know, your TikTok, your Instagram, your YouTube, all those places. Also that video, because I remember that video when you're like, I'm Queen Rose. No. Oh. <laughs> and I wanted video. to give a Adorable. shout out to uh, the trans brothers and sisters that served along beside me in the service, uh, specifically Chelsea, Jay, Robin, and Wendy. I love you all. And thank you for your service. Yay. Thank you indeed. Oh, well, thank you, Rose, for everything that you're doing, you know, on the on the, uh, you know, 
transgender and, and LGBTQ plus and, you know, acceptance and affirmation front on the uh, censorship front and just on the like making the world a better place because you're awesome. And, you know, we like to see your face and your content. So thank you for everything. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Oh and goodness. by the way, your sex education is top notch. And believe it or not, that's what brought me. And then I came for everything else. <laughs> but your sex education and your brain are on top. Like you were like, yeah. I, I'm not sure where you studied, but you have all of the correct info and you're a great representative. Thank you so much. That means everything to me. It's been an honor to be invited. I am after, oh my goodness, after I found Sunny's social media, I was like, so intimidated. I was like, look at this incredible human doing all this amazing educating. I was like, I was like, I've done some sex education here and there. But like, you know, I'm just sharing my own story mainly and like my own experiences. But to, oh my gosh, to like, see a professional, you know, like, affirm me, that feels very good. So thank you. You are a professional. Shut I up. guess I am. I guess, but. You totally are. You totally are. I, I give you my stamp of approval. Everyone, Rose is legit and awesome. So thank it. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to talk again. But until next time, we will say our goodbyes. Goodbye. Princess Leia outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add one to my wish list. It'll happen. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Thanks, Rose. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.